0: back to another episode of On the Bench with Beaks. This is episode 61. Are you guys having fun?
1: Oh, I always am. We're yeah, about, maybe.
0: We're about to. I am your host, Cody Beekman, and with me is always Glossover Ross Moormeyer. What's up? And a pre-approved 2.9 APR Breisler Macmillan. <laughs>
2: Love that. All right. What's up? Hello. How's it going?
0: Oh, uh, well, today we have got an incredible <laughs> guest. We have the humble, uh, humble alumni and North Lake College uh, uh, NCAA hockey player. We got Grayson Cameron. Grayson, say what's up to all the. Ten people that listen to this. <laughs>
1: hey guys, hey, appreciate you guys having me on.
0: Oh, absolutely. Maybe we, we probably have a little, a little more than
1: ten yeah, people. Yeah, no. I think you're you're selling us ourselves short there, Beeksie. Well, you, know, yeah, you it might be a hundred. Well, it really, might be hundred. Okay, you're selling us to way too high. <laughs> well, you gotta, well, you gotta stay humble in some ways. Oh, so. Shoot for the moon, and you might land land among the stars, as they say.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, Always. <laughs> another shoot from the hip anyways today we got a today we got an awesome episode obviously Grayson's going to be talking about his uh his career uh, his background over we'll and chat about the hockey community as per usual but as always we love talking about days and moments in hockey history so Grayson as our esteemed guest Please, enlighten us with a moment in hockey history.
3: All right, well, uh, I was looking, and I know this episode's going to be released a little bit ahead, so I was looking. I think it was June 7th, and uh, it was like call or Joe Sackett got traded to... off of... No, no, it was Mike Medano. Sorry, Mike Medano. Yeah. Um, it was something to do with Mike Medano, and I didn't really remember it, so... I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you my favorite uh, hockey moment in my career and uh, it's not too much, Um, it just goes back to back in Bantam, I was playing for my hometown in uh, Olds, Alberta for the Olds Grizzlies and we were uh, in a playoff series against a team called the Strathmore, oh what is Strathmore Storm maybe, I can't remember, Strathmore, Alberta, shout out if anyone knows who that is. but yeah, we were we are in a tight game. Uh, ended up going two-two in overtime. Ooh. Had a goal or had an assist already in that game. But uh, th- in overtime, this uh, the one player we were out there, and uh, there was a big scrum right around the net. And one of the players put his hand over the puck in the crease. One of the defensemen on the other team. So ref ref blows it. Automatic uh, penalty shot. And, uh, my coach. Uh, you could pick anybody on the ice at the time to take penalty shots I was out there. Oh, yeah. And uh, my coach, my coach, uh, you know, called me up. He's like, yeah, you're going to take this. So kind of the most nervous I've ever been in any type of hockey situation. I was only second-year batting by the time, I think around 13, 14 years old. And big yeah. moments, second round in playoffs. This was to go to the championship and uh, get a penalty shot in overtime. So went and took the penalty shot. Goalie came out uh when i was coming down charged out at me to take a poke check and i just barely flipped over the puck and had a whole open net and buried it for my winner uh send them send the boys into the championship so that that was kind of you know one of my personally one of my biggest moments uh that i had uh you know growing up playing hockey and you know getting a chance you know, penalty shot in overtime that doesn't normally happen every day so oh,
1: no, that's no. that's
3: that's my one cool moment and you know sorry i don't have
1: a cool, a cool hockey day in history uh, just, luck, but, take uh, take, that yeah, eye eye over over. The take that check and cash it at the bank take that check and cash it no that's <laughs> yes, awesome sir.
0: And see, that's yep. that's even better, you know? Uh, like, they, that's, that's what the stuff, what, like, hockey dreams, wet dreams are made of. <laughs> totally. <laughs> it, <you laughs> <know>? Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's like, like
1: uh, what Rand- Macho Man Randy sa- Savage says, the I cream mean. rises to the top. And nothing means nothing. <laughs> exactly. Well, there then, you go. And,
0: and that's the thing. Like, no one ever thinks about, oh, uh, you know, when they're playing, uh, you know, ball hockey uh, on the street or whatever, they're not like, oh, it's the second period and we're up six to one and I, I've got to, you know, It's like it's double OT, you know, like game winner kind of stuff. So that's – to be even in that situation is is a a pure treat
2: anyways. And the fact that you got to deliver, I mean, huge stuff. Seriously, it brings Uh, back for me a lot of hockey nostalgia. I mean, I remember it wasn't as cool as your goal, obviously, but Mm -hmm. me playing in-house with the – the gold old Jofa helmet on. <laughs> I did, I did, with the spring fling in Highland Hills, that was pretty cool. The I, 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 did, I did really, really awesome overtime goal. And it was most improved that season, but nowhere near as cool, cool as That's your, your awesome. goal, man. Dude, like, seriously, just burying for the boys for a championship is amazing. We all snipe silly. Yeah, seriously. yeah, it was
3: pretty cool. My parents actually, uh, they were videotaping the thing. I could probably send you guys a video, but uh, yeah, I was just a little guy back then, but it was pretty cool at the time, and you know that's that's one of my bigger moments and you know there was not a whole lot of goals scored later on in the career but uh you know back back when i was younger you know there is a little bit easier to
0: put in the net oh hell yeah man well absolutely beautiful day in uh beautiful hockey day in history uh ross you want to keep going
1: oh yeah i will keep this going with uh june 10th uh 2002 and uh it was detroit's dominic hashek and he became the first NHL goalie to record a shutout in each of the playoffs four rounds as the Red Wings beat the Hurricanes 3-0 in Carolina in Game 4 in the Stanley Cup Final not bad no it is wow Uh, yeah it's not a big deal Uh, not a big deal no he didn't you know he has some hardware added onto his name
2: because that not a big deal no really (laughs) all right bryce what do you got there buddy? all right i'm gonna highlight you know uh, a great hockey guy cloblemue um so Lemieux scored the winning goal with 45 seconds remaining in regulation to lead the devils to a 3-2 win over philadelphia in game five in the Eastern Conference Finals. And it was a Devils eighth playoff road victory, which is an NHL record. And I just wanna highlight Claude Lemieux because he had three cups, three different teams. And so this is just so cool to just like highlight. Well, I mean, yeah,
0: that's what what everybody says about Claude. He always he always showed up at the playoffs, man, oh, so
1: uh, I was just about to say not that B C like not a surprise at all. Like Claude as Sean and I call him, but uh, yeah, no, he I love Lemieux. Like
0: uh, some people probably wouldn't say that. Uh,
1: you know, he's one of those guys you have to have him on your team to love him. But yeah, yeah no he, he was Mr. Playoffs basically, and oh, yeah. you knew that if you had Claude on your team, you could depend on like a good playoff run because he would start showing up
0: Absolutely. even more so. Absolutely. All right, well, I'm going to close this one off with a little uh, father-son kind of jive. Actually, June 5th, 1973, the WHA Houston Aeros signed Gordy, Marty, and Mark Howe to play for their team. It was Gordy's return to professional hockey following his retirement from Detroit after the 1970-71 NHL season. I mean, how many times in any... Sports history? Do you have your father and both his sons sign on to the same team at the same time?
1: Not a lot. Not often.
0: Yeah, it's it's like an anomaly. But I mean, obviously, it is like Gordie Howe. So. And then didn't
1: all like oh, the all of his sons and him play on the Whalers as well?
0: Uh, him and Mark did. I'm, okay. not, I'm not sure about Marty. All
1: right, all right.
0: I'm not sure about Marty, but I know Mark Howe get because they both had uh. Already like their full names on the jersey. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. and that so, was yeah. really weird. Like at that time to see because usually, usually you'd see like. G. how or yeah, yeah. but yeah. it's
0: Gordy fucking house yes, no.
1: <laughs> I mean uh, I've got a v- Detroit Vipers jersey of his I mean, and that was like the last game that he played last shift and yeah. he was what 60 years old or some shit like that at that time and you know what's funny is actually this was a day
0: after the last day uh, Gordy retired for the second time in the Hartford so, Shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah. Uh, June uh June fourth, nineteen eighty, seven years later, <laughs> he retired from uh the NHL again. I love this. Yeah. You're like Holy once
1: shit. once again, I love that you're bringing back the how of course we've well, we missed him but you're just like dj khalid again like you're another one and another, another one. here's a, yeah. another key here's another key <laughs> yeah. then here's the master key
0: yeah it's it's just a it's a gordy how kind of week so it's a according
2: yeah. <laughs> and one thing i want to point out too there has been one other instance with the nordiques actually so i forget which years it was uh, they were way, way brothers back, yeah with back the, in the day
0: mario anton and uh no, peter. peter yeah
2: yep.
0: <laughs> That's,
2: I mean, yeah, that's
0: that's pretty crazy. I mean, uh, I guess, uh, well, yeah, especially for the time, and especially uh, all three of them being slowbacks. Yeah. But um, and escaping
1: many, the country at the at, time as well. Yeah.
0: Well, how many times do you get a father and double son duo sign? It's
1: not often. <laughs>
0: Like, and playing in the same time. I was mean, just... That's so cool. It's Gordy fucking out.
1: And I've even mentioned, like, on this podcast before that my buddy Brian Fisher, his... I think it was his dad or his uncle helped Mark Howe move a bunch of Gordy Howe stuff. And oh, yeah. he's like, Mark is, like, the nicest fucking dude like in the world that's cool like you just oh yeah oh yeah you want a beer you want a soda you want it's like
0: no but can uh, you set me up on a couple one-timers on the eyes real
1: quick right right that's what he was at he's like how about some gordy house sticks She goes (laughs) no. let me think about that one for a second here
0: all right. Well, I mean, hey, man. Uh, just like I said, man, hockey day in history is always a really fun little segment. That's yeah. A, no, I that loved one is a good it. one.
1: I love this section. Love it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on to the player spotlight, and uh, actually, I'm gonna do a team spotlight today. Um, we're gonna do. I'm gonna talk about the Montreal Canadiens for a little bit. I, I mean, yeah. I, no matter what, if the if Montreal's not your favorite team or they they are your favorite team, I mean, for what they've done in these last two playoffs have been just insane. I mean, uh, a last year coming out of the uh, playoff, uh, like the uh, playing round. Uh, like beating, uh, beating what was it? A uh, uh, Philly, Philly mm-hmm. and then going on and then beating Pittsburgh in an yep. actual uh, <laughs> round, and then this year. The, the easily the underdogs of this entire uh, of 100%. this entire playoffs. I mean, uh, everybody thought, oh yeah, well Toronto, it's it's easy. Toronto went four. They're not. Montreal's not even gonna win a game. They take it to seven and they beat them in
1: Toronto as well. Well, and they don't even use depth into Toronto either. They just have a like a decent, solid, good couple lines.
0: Well, I mean, you've got you've got forty-eight million dollars worth of uh, goal scoring in Toronto. So, I mean,
2: yeah, uh, and you, look, you look at Montreal, there's not a, really a whole of depth there. They're just really just, you, you know, know, using what they I'm have. Bet, and that's that's killing why i pointing this yeah. out right now. And yeah.
0: I mean, and, and that's the thing is that, uh, well, I mean, Carey Price, I, I mean, well, uh, you know, you can, always, uh, you can always bet on Carey Price in the playoffs. I mean, maybe regular season, man, you know, he hasn't played so well. In these past years, like you know, prime Carey Price, but Price is back on it, man. Oh, dude! And uh, I'll tell you what—I mean, obviously, with Brent, Brandon Gallagher coming back, I mean, Corey Perry stepping up in a
1: huge oh, way. Oh, dude, he's Mister Playoffs all the time. It then, seems like.
0: And then you've got these—you got these young kids like Cole Caulfield, Easberry, Kennyemi. Ka- K- didn't even play the first two games in the Toronto series yet. Uh Kutkanen, Kut, oh goddamn it. Hey, it's so hard to Kut, say it, isn't it? Cut mm. comes in and <laughs> scores what like for uh the two or three goals right as right, right, as soon as he steps into the lineup. Okay. Yeah. Here, here's that a fun, was pretty Here's
1: a fun fact. He holds the record as of right now for points scored by a center before 21. And it's seventeen and he's above Joe Sackick and all those guys.
0: See who who
1: would wow, sit him? It's so nuts. Uh, like Who would uh,
0: sit him? But I mean I, I, it's it, you know, it's lucky uh, you know, it's lucky that uh, the one the one negative thing I would say is Tomáš Tatar. Uh, ta-ta, 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 ta-ta. you know he is, he's been very uh, he's been very under the radar so it's really great, it's really good that these kids have come in and played as well as they have you know
1: well and also just to add on to that like going with the article if you guys haven't read it that Corey Perry did um I would suggest reading that because the reason that he's with the Montreal Canadiens is to just pass down his knowledge and everything like that yeah. of like winning in the playoffs and being in that clutch person, like, being in the right place, right time, just always being, you know...
0: And the fact that he was going back to Canada really, I think, really lifted his spirits as well. I mean, as soon as he got traded, he was like, oh, sweet home Canada, you know, going back to... And, I mean, and then you've got... uh, Who else? Eric Stahl. Yeah. Eric Stahl. I mean... Uh, you know, he uh, he's never been a slouch or anything, but he looks like, he just looks like one of those uh, young kids out there. I mean, you've got these older guys. This is exactly what Toronto wanted out of, you know, guys like Wayne Simmons, Jason Spencer, and, and Joe Thornton. Yes. But it turns out it uh, worked out for Montreal instead. Oh, yeah. So, like, I mean, I guess you can add that on to a little bit more of uh, uh, Toronto's pain. And yeah. suffering, but I mean, I mean for Montreal, it's 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 really helped. Oh and yeah. So and now you look at the series with Winnipeg, they're already up 1-0, and uh, I mean, um, with the obviously these um, playoff series have not gone without drama in both. You know, you you can say what you want about you know. Uh, well, you, I mean, you can't really see much about that Johnny Tavares thing. That was just such bad place at the, back, the wrong time. Yeah. You can say whatever you want about the Shifley hit. I mean, there's uh, obviously polarizing ideals. Not gonna get into it. Totally.
2: Even though it was an accident, Corey Perry still was just like, uh, you know, I'll uh, take it. Let's go. Just, let's fight about it. You know. Oh, uh, just no. no.
0: it's I mean, it, it's clear that it was an accident. Yeah. But uh, that's neither here nor there. We're talking about the play. of... Um, the Montreal Canadiens, and I want to highlight one more person, Philippe Dano. Philippe oh, Dano has yes. been playing so well oh, yeah. throughout these, 100%. these playoff series, and I mean, it's, it's, it's not like you haven't gotten this before, but I mean, Philippe has been so consistent in these playoffs. It's great to see, because Dano's a, a wonderful blue-collar two-way hockey player, and I just like to see that kind of stuff Go down for a player like that. So that oh, yeah. oh, that yeah. is my team spotlight for the week.
1: No, I Mo- love it.
0: Yeah, Canadian the Montreal.
1: I love it. <laughs> no, I, as I just told you boys before this, we started this off. I kind of want to get a, you know, Corey Perry Montreal Canadiens jersey. So. <sighs>
0: yeah oh well
1: you know I love Perry uh, he may be the, the worm uh, oh he, the yes yes he is the worm of the NHL but I mean Trichet. he he does his dirt he gets his goals he does what he's paid to do yeah that,
3: that's I, I, I really like his play style there. you know like I, I kind of Played a kind of a little similar role, I love kind it. of you know being a, being a little shithead out there every now and then is pretty fun. So
0: oh, I mean, it's
3: I, I, <laughs> I love that part of his game.
0: It's probably be, like it's probably the second best thing than scoring goals on the ice is pissing people off. Eh?
1: Oh yeah, without of a course. doubt. <laughs> yeah,
0: Grayson, weigh in on this. What what, what have you been seeing? Oh, like before we move on, what have you been seeing out of the playoffs? I mean, like let's uh, let's let's turn the spotlight the player spotlight spotlight on you what what, what have you been like in, in in these playoffs i mean team-wise player-wise uh what, what l- let me get your uh yeah. opinion here bud
3: i was actually just talking about this with uh mark Popovich today but i mean like not to get into the shifley hit and stuff but you know just the inconsistency i've been seeing with the standard of refing and you know what's allowed what's not between regular season and playoffs i've just you know, we were actually talking a lot about this. It's just there's such a di- like difference between you know what's allowed in uh, in uh, regular season what's allowed in hockey, and you know like that hockey is the only sport in the like the world where the standard changes you know throughout a game. You know, it's yeah, not especially different. in the playoffs. Especially in the playoffs, we've noticed it a lot because you know they cra- they crack down on a lot of those hits, and you know certain plays, you know, they're, they're taking those out of the game in uh, regular season. And then, you know, just with Evans hit, you know, Evans isn't going to be looking out for a hit there in a regular season, you know, so like playoffs that changes so much, you know, what's allowed, what's not. And I think there's, you know, a big uh, divide in what uh, people are, you know, what the players think is acceptable in, in regular season and what's in playoffs. And it doesn't really look like they know. Uh, you know, there's kind of like a big gray area in the playoffs of what's going on and what's not. You know, I'm an Edmonton fan. and I look at uh, that Winnipeg and Edmonton series and just how many calls, you know, make, there, there's some report. I can't remember where, but it was 38 calls were missed on McDavid and dry set alone. And in the regular season, that'd be called. And, you know, Edmonton has one of the best power plays in the league and stuff. But it completely changed that whole aspect of the series and Winnipeg was just you know way way stronger they played way harder they were a lot more chippier and and it really showed in the playoffs compared to the regular season where Edmonton was just you know I think they won seven of eight games or something like that against Winnipeg in the regular season and then you know they end up getting swept in playoffs but you know that's just a big thing I've noticed between regular season and and especially these playoffs is just guys don't really know what the standard is and the refs don't even really know what the standard is. So like it's been very interesting to see the gameplay uh this this playoffs. I mean it's exciting, don't get me i I love I'm I like the old school hockey, you know, I, I like it a little chippier. But uh you know, for the players, it's definitely, I think, it would be tough for them uh, in, yeah. the, in the playoffs without, without not knowing, you know? It's
0: got to be like some of these guys are walking on eggshells pretty much the entire time because you don't know what, what's going to get called and what's not going to get called. Oh, yeah, 100%.
3: Yeah. Well, just, yeah, that's been the big thing I've noticed. That's yeah. the one big thing.
0: And it seems like that's it's happened way more in just in this playoffs than it has in the past. I mean, I've noticed it way more, too, and I'm glad that you bring this up. Because oh, yeah. uh, I think Bryce was going to...
2: Yeah, you know, Grayson, I wanted to know at the end of the day, if, if how do you feel about the style of play, the speed of play between all these conferences that you're watching in the playoffs? Um, with, on your opinion from each individual conference, like what conference has the best speed of play? Like, what commerce do you enjoy watching the most? Because obviously, you know, the Vegas and the ABS have, you know, their thing going on. But just tell me about the style of play and the speed of it and how that, you know, really affects how the future of the playoffs go. Terrible rushing aside, of course. I mean,
3: um, yeah, yes. yeah, that's a, yes. that's a yes. great question. Um, I mean, growing up in the West, you know, like, I love watching the Western teams play. Um, you know, it's a lot more, it's a little more chipier. You know, everyone kind of says that, but... The thing is, though, is I, I think the fastest players in the world are all all in the West. So, like, it's, it's there's a good contrast between that. You know, you got Mick David, obviously, and then uh, uh, McKinnon are the, are the two big ones. But, you know, getting to watch those in the West. But the East, you know, growing up, you know, you don't watch too too much of the East um, just with the time differences and stuff. But I really, I really like the way the are playing. But um, it's, I, I like the the style of play that you know, the game's obviously going towards it's going to a faster, a faster game, a more skilled game. But you know, I was actually having these conversations today, and uh, like, that's the thing is like you still you still need that chippy side of the game. You still need guy. You know, when the best thing about hockey is players are able to police themselves in a way. You know, and
0: Absolutely.
3: if reps aren't if refs aren't taking control of the game and. You know, players have that ability to, you know, step up and and you know, make you know make things right in a way as best yeah. as they can. You know, like, that's just hockey. But I, I've really liked. Uh, I've just liked. I love the speed of the game. I mean, it's, it's obviously a lot more fun to watch. You know, being at the Avs game yesterday, like or uh, game two there on what uh, Wednesday that was. Uh, yes, sir just like seeing like McKinnon in person seeing that speed watching him cross over you know I could watch that all day long just you know him crossing over and picking up speed and on, on the power play there but it's the way the game's is moving I love it but I think we're in that gray area where you know player safety and the refs they don't really know uh, like how how they really want to set that standard yet and I think it's like a we're in the kind of an in-between where the game's evolving a lot and we're, trying different things you know like sometimes like in the regular season you see a lot more of those you know those hits called and in playoffs you don't and mm-hmm. you know we're, we're, we're seeing kind of how we really want to see this play out you know you obviously like with Evan said you hate you hate seeing people hurt but oh, yeah. you know my, my, my opinion is if you know if he wasn't hurt there you know people would be saying wow like amazing hit so then that gets into kind of a, like a sticky area where is it only a penalty if if guys get injured or you know if they don't and you know that's kind of a tough spot cuz you know even some sometimes like, with hockey it's so unpredictable like sometimes the the you know the flukiest thing can cause a major injury and sometimes it doesn't you know and that's just hockey.
0: oh yeah and
3: it's you know, I, I look back at the Tory Crew kit in uh, Boston and uh, uh, oh, yeah. St. Louis series, you know, yeah. like that was a major charge, you know. He skated oh, yeah. the exact same way Shifley did down the ice.
0: I think more, I he did more. Abs-
3: oh yeah. Like his feet went way up. It was a massive charge, but no call on the play. And it was like the guy, I mean, he was probably really winded and, you know, he might have been messed up a bit, but, you know, he wasn't knocked out cold. and if he would have been on that hit you know people would have thought about it differently but it's one of the best playoff hits of all time
0: now oh yeah yeah
3: like that's just like it's such a gray area and i think we're in the middle of finding out you know how do we really want to play the game and how do where do we want to see it go and there's a lot of different opinions out there and it's you know it's all playing out right now it's in real time and uh, i find it really exciting it's it's a definitely a weird time to be watching hockey you know, yeah. as, as the game's evolving and it's a lot faster, and there's still that old aspect of it where it is a little bit chippier, and you see that in the playoffs, and then you see the new style in, in regular season. So, I don't know. I, I find it really interesting, and, you know, I find it really exciting time to be watching hockey and, you know, seeing the game change in the matter of two years. And right. where, you know, I don't know what it's going to be like in another two years from now, and, you know, they might decide to step back and. You know, maybe it goes a little bit more old school again and or maybe, you know, hitting's a lot more out of it. But how long does that last? You know, I think you always need a part of that old that old chippiness, you know, letting the players be able to, to police it themselves. But uh, it, it's 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 so fun to watch. And the speed now is just it's ridiculous. It's the most exciting time to watch hockey ever in the history of hockey i think so
2: oh no doubt
0: i
3: I love i love
2: every aspect i agree it's hard to find a happy medium but i think ross had another point on this
1: well and just bringing up that just going back almost you're going back but you're still moving forward but um how would you feel and i just want to get your opinion on this with the chippiness of the game and the high speed aspect of it as you brought up And just, you know, tempers can flare. Do you believe that if you can get, like, an enforcer, like a Tom Wilson, who's not, you know, uh, getting suspended every other game for 20 games or something like that, but actually does stuff on the ice, you get what I'm saying? Not yeah. compared to like a Ryan Reeves, where he's got like f- four or five goals throughout the whole season. And pulling hair, <laughs> yeah, he's calling, no. yeah, he's pulling yeah. Graves' hair out. Yeah, well, and you kind of, if you've watched the Capitals, you see Tom Wilson setting up the play at the at the neutral zone. He's and everything. contributing on the yeah.
0: ice rather than just being a goon.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. do you think that they should go back to that kind of enforcer aspect and bring that back into? Or? Mm, no I, I like the thing is
3: is you know it was taken out of the game for a reason I think you know like just to have a job where your job is to get beat up or to beat other people up I, I think like that was a good thing to move away from uh you know especially from the mental health side of things like
0: yeah okay. that
3: you know like it that's old school hockey but you know the game the game is not about fighting you know the game the game is about you know being on a team and you know winning games and scoring and producing and like that's that's what people want to see and i think it adds it, it makes fighting a lot more meaningful when it doesn't happen all the time and it only happens you know sometimes you have to stick up for a player something like the game is so unpredictable it's so fast things happen out there and you need a you need to have a chance for people to stand up for themselves and i think that that is what's awesome about hockey you know it, it, it lets people, you know, police themselves in a way and you know bail out you know if a guy if you got a guy on your team that's going to, you know, fight you if you take a run at one of the best players that best player is not going to get hurt you know that's just a fact that you know it's been argued for a long time but i mean i think that has to stick but the fact of just like guys that are just out there to fight no, I, I think that's I think that's gone and it's yes. been gone for a while and it's starting you know over the last you know ten years that's been weeded out. But you look at Tom like Tom Wilson's a great guy. I love I love watching, like I love how he plays. You know he plays is on the edge and you know you are gonna cross that line every time. But you know that's where player safety comes in and that's that's the thing about going back to the standard. There's that standard isn't really a thing right now. And yep. guys don't guys don't really know what's really acceptable, and you know the line gets crossed every now and then. But that's where you need you know player safety to have that standard, and you know it's just been very inconsistent lately. I think a lot of people are, are on the same page that way. But oh yeah, you know Tom, Tom Wilson goes out there every day, and you know he puts up points. You know?
1: Yeah, well I
3: think I think you need to have that skill, but I think it adds a lot to a, you know a player that you know. Can be uh, have that physical aspect. He he can he can go out there.
1: and score goals, but you know he can he can lay hits, He can lay checks, and uh, maybe Donahue yeah. every once in a while.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's yeah.
1: kind of what I was getting at. Like, do you want a Tom Wilson without the suspensions—a guy that can actually just be a blue-collar player, bust his ass, get some goals, get some assists, but also, if something happens, do it, blow play with an edge? Would do you yeah. think that that role is going to be more predominant? I guess here coming up in the next few years as well.
3: Yeah. I don't really know if it will be it it all depends on you know what the league wants to do and you know how they're gonna deal with that but you know I look at another guy who I love one of my favorite players Zach Cassie you know he's another guy who you know he's had some suspensions and stuff but you know he does put up points every now and then and like he does produce but you, you need that guy on your team who, you know, is not going to take no shit. Sorry, sorry to swear. you oh, uh,
1: dude. Uh, dude uh, you're, welcome
0: you're to cool. On The Bench welcome to, be. Come, to, Yeah,
1: uh, welcome to the bench, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> I'm all right to swear. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. And, um, well, Zach Cassian had a, more points than McDavid in the playoffs for a little bit, so, you yeah. know, you got to like that.
3: Yeah, exactly. You know, like, you, you always need those guys. You need people that, you know protect other guys and stand up for, for them. And, like, those are the, some of the best guys in the room, too. It's not all just about on the ice. It's, you know, a lot of those guys have a really good character. And, yeah. you know, they're on the very for reason I, it, you know, talk to anyone uh, in the league, they would love to have Tom Wilson on their team, you know. Oh, so, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, well, that's even, yeah, like... It,
3: it, you hate seeing people get hurt, and that happens. And that's hockey. And I think over time it's going to evolve into, you know, exactly... I don't know. The younger generation is definitely a lot more skilled, so it's it's eventually just going to be weeded out, probably. But I think the game is going to need that in the future. When you know, if it gets you know faster, you know, the faster it gets, the the higher chance of you know big collisions and guys getting hurt. And you're gonna need, you're gonna need those guys to step up and you know yeah. police it themselves to keep you know. It it also helps keep people safe as much as you know. Every now and then there is an incident, but. mean there's been incidents forever so yeah Yeah.
1: that's kind of my two cents on that all right so basically you're like saying that like you're already out there you know what needs to be deal with dealt with and what doesn't so that means yeah you know things happen things happen and
3: let them deal deal with it when it happens but uh you know you need those guys to you know watch over you every now and then and you know keep keep other guys from making those stupid decisions and going after players and you know what if you have if you, if you know you're gonna get beat up by Zach Cassian if you make a just kind of play. You're,
0: you're probably not gonna do it. <laughs> you, might, yeah, you might think twice about that uh, open ice hit. <laughs> An
3: old
1: yeah, totally yeah, Twist Matt, Matt Kutuck, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, Mac <laughs> you Kachuk
0: know, knows all about that. Mac
3: Kachuk knows well about that. So
0: oh yes, I think he it's does. good, and
3: you know, I think it's good for the game, and you know, it definitely gets people talking. So well, I think yeah. Bryce
1: that's always has Something to, to chirp about, do you? So,
2: well, yeah. I mean, I love talking about the fact that you like Tom Wilson. Me, too. I'm a big fan of his, too, as well. Um, but mm-hmm. let's talk about, you know, the lighter side of hockey. Um, you know, we read your, your article on CBS Sports and things like that, and you mentioned the mental side of hockey. Uh, I want you yeah. to go into, you know, just talk about, you know, your mental struggles and how you're trying to help the hockey community. Just go into that a little bit for us, if you can.
3: Yeah, I mean, mental health is kind of – it's a big topic and it's a growing topic and you know that's great and I think it's it's much needed because for a long time you know going back to the fighters and stuff you know mental health wasn't a thing that was talked about for those guys and I mean I, I think that's why I think it's a good thing that uh, you know the whole enforcer role is kind of it's kind of well, it, it pretty much is gone but yes you know making guys like the anxiety and there's I mean there's a lot of pressure that comes with with hockey and sports and um you know future you're worrying about your future and am I going to make this team I'm going to make that team I mean it 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 piles up and uh, I mean I've only experienced it on a smaller level but um not so much up in in the pros and stuff but like trying to make a junior hockey team and you know where am I going to go where am I going to am I going to make this team? What happens if I get cut? You know, is my hockey career done? I think everybody goes through that. And that's just the hockey side, the hockey side of, you know, the anxiety and stuff like that. Just big push, you know, outside of hockey, uh, for that mental health and, you know, awareness, mental health awareness, uh, understanding, you know, emotions and, for me I mean head injuries was a big one because it's definitely part of a game and you know I, I have no regrets but I mean I have probably definitely over 13 concussions I think 13 and above or something like that you know just throughout my whole career um, along with lacrosse and other sports but I, I think that's a big part of it that really needs to be you know talked about more I mean you you, I don't think you can talk about it too too much and
0: no absolutely not Uh, no no
3: yeah so it's it's awesome to see it growing and people are talking about it but you know there's obviously a lot of work to be done and the biggest thing is just to talk you know and find out find outlets you know it doesn't always have to be a therapist or Um, it can just be a friend or, you know, a parent, whatever it is, but, you know, talking about those problems, it really helps. I mean, for me, that was a struggle, like before the accident, I mean, like that was a struggle for me. I mean, I I got really frustrated a lot, you know, coaching or not always just that, but you know, whatever was going on in my life at the time, mostly revolving around hockey, but like my, one of my big outlets is my mom and, you know, I'd always just call her and you know, complain to her and she just listened. But you know, everyone needs everyone needs that. And it's it's more about compassion, I think. You know,
1: yeah.
3: um, you, you you build a lot of those connections with people by showing compassion and you know being there for one another. And the one thing I've noticed big in the hockey world is the focus on that, and especially with teammates. And you don't have, I mean, I've I've never been on a team. I've been on a few as a as a kid, but you know, like with the drama and. And that kind of thing but the a lot of the coaching now and anyone who has i've been around is you know it's all about being a good teammate it's all about being a good person and working on those core values you know outside of hockey really translates in, inside of hockey and how a team functions how a team works so i've seen a lot of that moving forward and you know it's great to see you know when kids recognize that at a younger age you know i didn't get really recognize it until, you know, about 8, 19. But when you when you installing that, you know, those core those core values in kids when they're when they're younger and ten years old and Adam and P V hockey, it's I mean, they they grow into better people and you know, if you're a better person you're a better hockey player in in my mind. So um oh, I mean yeah.
2: I totally It's just agree. great to
1: see that moving forward. That's beautiful. Yeah
2: and, and I, I totally, you know, can I, I can totally sympathize with what you're saying about, you know, am I making this team? What's going to happen after that? Because I played at the college level for a while. And yeah. and when I think about that, you know, I'm thinking about am I losing my scholarship if I don't make the team? Like, this is a big financial, I think, you know, commitment if you're playing college hockey. Yeah. If you're looking at a scholarship or something like that. So it really does, can you you know, if you think about all those things and the emotional side of that is pretty crazy. I agree. But I think Cody has something else to say on that. If you want to elaborate too,
0: uh, I just gotta. I just have a couple of things. Is that like, uh, I mean, well, especially junior hockey up in Canada and stuff like that. It, it, like, just how you said, like, if am I gonna make this team, that that puts a lot of a lot of pressure on you as a young person when you're. Mine's not fully developed, so, I mean, just, uh, like, maybe, uh, and at that point, it kind of just, it almost draws you away from actually being willing to talk about it because uh, everybody, uh, like, all these players in these positions are just expected to just be okay with either, you know, like, the pressure of making these teams or, you know, not making these teams when, like, you know, not making this team could end up that your career is completely over before it even started so um i mean yeah uh, how, how did like in 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 that case like it, did you do you, like when you look back on it do you feel that pre- did you feel that pressure and now that you've been able to um you've found an outlet and you've 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 uh, realized that you know uh re- like finding a way to release this kind of pressure uh, like uh how does it how does it, how is the contrast from back then to now
3: yeah i think looking back i always really did have that outlet you know with my mom like she like just all the car rides you know after every tryout, every practice every game you know uh i was playing 45 minutes away from home a lot and i was traveling a lot was playing in other towns so you know we spend a lot of time in the car and that's kind of where I first, uh, you know, started like, you know, you vent out and you, you, you express the emotion and you tell them what you're thinking, but you know, it's, it's they don't always have to give you advice. It's more just an ear to listen to. And yeah, I think like, I always kind of had that and I never really quite realized it until I recognized, you know, that whole mental health side, you know, you look back at it, like just now thinking about it, you know, like I always really did have that and, you know, not every not every kid does have that you know sometimes you know parents can be crazy too and you know there's always crazy hockey parents and, you, oh, know, yeah. big boys, oh. you know stuff. but you know i, I was i was very
0: <laughs> yeah
3: you know it's a big it's a big problem you know uh parents living through their kids and stuff like that so i, I was very blessed to you know have an amazing mother who you know, she never forced me to play hockey. She never, you know, made me do anything. She just, you know, supported me in whatever I wanted to do. And that was a big thing. And that was an outlet for me. And, you know, that's what's starting to now be talked about is to just find an outlet, whatever it is for you. And who has, yeah. you know, it, it that's what's starting to be talked about now. You know, I think you need those. I think you really do need that pressure. It, it teaches you a lot of life lessons and, you know, yeah. make, not, not making the team... Isn't always the end of the world, you know. Right. I, I was cut. From, I was cut from Bantam AAA. I was the last cut in uh, on on my in my second year Bantam. and I uh, so I was pretty bummed out about that. I was literally the last kid to be cut, so I was really and that was my draft year too for the WHL, and you know I was bummed out. So I went back to Olds, which is you know a small town where I grew up, and about 8,000 people, and we didn't have AAA at the time. So I was trying to get released to go to a team in uh, Airdrie about thirty minutes away where we had double A. And, you know, that's, that's next to triple A. And the town, re- the hockey association wouldn't release me, so I had to play A. And, you know, I, I should have been wow. a triple A player. And uh, I was playing A hockey from my hometown. And, you know, all my friends were on that team. And it was one of the best years of hockey I ever had. And you know, I, it was the only year where you know I led the league in scoring and uh, assists. And that, I mean, that never in my life has that ever happened. Where you know, I was, but it, you know, it, it taught me a lot. It taught me, you know, you don't always make the team, but you know, it ends up working out in the best. You know, I had a great time with my with all my hometown friends, and I had a great season. And the next year, I ended up making a Triple A for. It's called 15s, 15, 15 AAA, it's just a league for 15 year olds in Alberta. But it's, you know, it's the best for 15 year olds. And uh, I ended up making it the next year. And the only reason I made it was I, I was kind of in the bubble again, you know, as an import uh, going to Red Deer. You know, a lot of Red Deer kids get picked over imports just Because people know them, just because you know, you know, people know that the the coaches know the kids around there. So my coach ended up picking me because he looked at my stats from the last year where I was in you know A and I had I can't remember how many points I had, but you know I I led the league in points that year. So uh, you know that's just like one story of you know, it if it doesn't work out the way you wanted it to it doesn't always mean it, it it probably should have been that way it and i think it, that it,
0: it doesn't mean it's over yeah, for you, you yeah know? yeah exactly
3: you know like you learn a lot of life lessons from that and i still i still you know carry that those lessons today and you know wow, that's you amazing. gotta you gotta have the, you gotta have those pressures and you gotta sometimes not you, you gotta lose sometimes and you gotta fail but it as long as you have an outlet to talk about it, because if uh, you know it can be tough going through you know those things, but
0: I mean, if, in.
3: if you you know if you bottle all that up, it, it, it can be a negative. But I think like any negative can be the positive on your outlook on it, and that you know that all ties into mental health and you know your outlook and uh, your mental just awareness, and that that's all with mental health and talking, and oh, like yeah. that's that's just how you know that contrasts. It, it It can be whatever you choose, you know, it can be a bad thing, it can be a good thing. And now that we're talking about it, I think it'll help a lot of people if you know it doesn't work out for them. Oh, absolutely. The way they to can always be a good thing. So. I'm um, in,
1: brother. I'm in. Well, and it's almost like Scottie Pippen with the Bulls. Like, he never yeah. would have made the Bulls. Like, I don't know if Bryce or uh, Cody know this, but I... he was he was a towel boy back in the day that kept on trying out for teams, and they kept on cutting him right at the end. And he kept being persistent with that, and eventually made it onto a team yeah. and made it onto the Bulls and he made—he was this like if Jordan still if Jordan wasn't around he still would have been this best scorer of his time for the league wow. and he just kept being persistent with it trying out trying out and he thought his yeah his, he thought his, he met his wits end basically and that's what I have to go with with like that trying out and like thinking you're gonna be cut no th- it's never over yeah you always have a chance to prove yourself which perseverance oh yeah which that was yeah. it. I read that and that's just amazing like I mean you you learn
3: you learn the most well you know from those from the times you fail and um, I yeah I just think you can change your entire outlook on your mental health like if you if you if you're in good mental health and you know you have good outlets and you talk about it you know yeah you can be bummed out for sure but you know it's about having that that positive outlook you know that it's going to yeah. work out in the end and i think that's the big game changer is you know when you know when you get cut and you think it's the end of the world and for yourself it is the end of the world because you know you, you make it being the end of the world but if, you know if you that's kind of what's changing now you know like it it, it isn't the end of the world. It's only the end of the world if you
0: make it the end of
1: the world. So. Exactly. Yeah, th- thank you.
0: One thing I yeah. One thing that uh I've I've been trying to live by. You know I I mean you know I've had my struggles in in the recent future past, future or present. Yeah.
1: Well, it'll be the future past this, present. Yes.
0: All right. Anyways, <laughs> is this Back to the Future? I'm not sure. But uh, something. Something that I've, I've really, like, begun to really live by ever since, you know, getting in my car accident, you know, dealing with what I've had to go through is uh, the, the, the one phrase, it's not about what happens to you in life, it's how you deal with it.
3: For sure. Boom. Yeah. No, so, uh, that's very powerful. Like, I, I agree 100% with that.
0: All right, so I I, I got a question. Um, I mean, you were you know you were talking about how you were like surrounded by your friends, and you had one of your best years of your uh, you know career you know like growing up. Um, I want to talk about the hockey community for a little bit because I mean, yeah, uh, the hockey community is a, a really strong thing, and, and uh, it 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 really rallied around you guys. I mean, obviously. With um, you know uh, the bus the bus crash from the Broncos and stuff like that, and yeah. um, how like you know just how that team uh, like you know the survivors the parents uh, everybody around like people hockey fans from all over the all over you know North America even maybe even Europe you know kind of really rallied uh, rallied behind behind you guys can you just like. Uh, just speak to like what that meant to you guys, and like what that what that says about the hockey community in general.
3: Yeah, I mean, like you said, it, it wasn't just North America. Like, I, I mean, I was getting mail from you know Sweden and Germany, and like you know, the hockey world is massive. It, it, uh, Europe is you know very slept on, but uh, as a North American, you know, you don't really think too much about hockey in Europe sometimes, but. I mean it was it was global and that was kind of it was mind-blowing at first you know it was very I mean I, I remember being in the hospital and just like kind of seeing you know all of the tribute stuff and it was just my like I didn't know how to really think about it it's just like was like holy shit um, this is this is nuts is it never in your life would you think like that many people would be rallying around you and I mean obviously like just the situation alone, I mean, every hockey player pretty much is roading on a bus. So, um, you know, that touched a lot of people and it made a lot of people, you know, think and it brought a lot of people closer together. And it, I mean, it's a terrible, terrible uh, tragedy, but you know, the way the hockey community rallied around, I really, I, it's hard to bring up words because it's, it's truly amazing. It, I really don't think any other sport or, type of community really could have done anything like it. It's every, everybody, it, it touched everybody. And I think every, that's the biggest thing I've kind of realized is like, you know, it affected, it affected a lot of people as much as I went through, I mean, how many people have ridden on a bus and, you know, you never know, and it's just I mean, it made a lot of people think, you know?
0: Yeah, and, you just, you do it a million times a day. you have never thought it'd be like any different than the last.
3: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's a a freak accident, but, um, you know, just the way people come together after stuff like that was was really, truly amazing to, to, you know, watch in real time. And, you know, I I mean, my mom really definitely helped and I, I was sheltered a bit from it at first. And I think that was good. You know, I was still healing and... Uh, it was a lot going on but I mean looking back and I mean I still have boxes and boxes full of uh, you know mail and from um, kids you know all over the world school classes who would you know send us stuff and it, it it's truly amazing and I, I'm incredibly grateful uh, you know the bottom of my heart uh, just the entire hockey community in general but you know everybody it's just a thing that people could rally around and we just happened to be front-center at that time, and it's amazing. I really, truly have no words for it. And, um, yeah, I... It, it's tough to put into words. It's, it's you I know, it, it's a little bit emotional, and uh, it's... I just, I'm so grateful, you know, for everybody, because, you know, if it was the other way around and I was you know, outside looking in, you know, like, I, I'd probably be doing the same thing, and it's... It's just, uh, I don't know, as a guy who went through it, it's it's kind of, you know, bizarre to be on that side and, you know, it's strange and it's a, not a lot of people, you know, go through something so public like that, but no, it, 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 it wasn't, a, I never ever thought of it really as a negative, you know, at times it's, it, it's, uh, it's, it was tough kind of going through that, but looking back, it's, it's just amazing and, you know, it's something I'll never, ever you know take for granted uh you know the hockey community and i mean i'll be involved in the hockey community for the rest of my life and uh, you know i just hope i can give back you know the way you know people gave to me and
0: yeah
3: um i don't think i can ever repay that so uh it's i'm just truly truly grateful
2: that's so cool so much support from people you don't even know Oh yeah, and from the hockey hockey, nation. And how cool are hockey moms, right? Hockey moms are just the fucking best.
3: Yeah, they are the best. You know, they go, they go through so much. Uh, Like, I'm gonna find out one day being a hockey dad, but uh, maybe, maybe not. Maybe, uh, maybe I won't be. But you know, (laughs) the amount of the amount of hours, just like driving in all over, you know, Western Canada for me. You know, my mom four-hour four-hour drives for a game you know and half an hour practices at five half hour drives to practice at five in the morning and you know they got to go to work and you know they they really just throw it they give up their lives for for, you know it's uh
0: unrelenting sacrifice it's it's amazing special
3: it's it's a sacrifice that you know well it's it's hard to repay that back but
1: um it's well it's the best thing ever it really is and just to make a joke real quick, cause my dad brought this up with the Pepsi commercial, it's like if you dealt with had getting up at three o'clock in the morning and take your kid to hockey practice, he goes, fuck that, I don't want a Pepsi, i want a you know, a whiskey and coffee or something. I need something more to kick me in the ass that Give no. me a Jager Bomb at that hour. <laughs> A little road beer <laughs> after uh, the coffee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, little, little coffee and Bailey's, maybe. Oh, that was God. my dad's go-to. Uh, but no, no that, that no. struck me funny. And
0: this whole thing, you know, I mean, obviously, the outpouring support <laughs> that everyone gave you, and then just, like, uh, you know, just for especially you, the survivors, to, like, keep going on and keep pushing forward do you do you think that really speaks to like the hockey player spirit or you know like growing up on ice do you think that that kind of like uh, had anything to do with you know the after effects of all of this
3: that's a yeah that's a it's a great question uh, for me you know i think hockey is just sports in general i think it's it's almost like a simulation of life you in in a short-term form or something like that where you know how many times did i not win or not fail or i i fail and you know you got to pick yourself up and you got to go to the next game and you know i've learned so many life lessons through hockey and you know lacrosse as well that was another big sport um but just sports in general you know you learn you learn a lot of life lessons and i think You know, if if it wasn't, if I was in an accident like that, and you know, it didn't involve a hockey or anything, you know, I I don't know if I wasn't involved in hockey, I mean, sorry, I don't know how I would have handled it. And I think um, it was it was a big it was a big part of my recovery was you know my past and how I've dealt with things in the past, and you know, I've had that outlet with my mother and. Uh, my father as well, you know, just going through shitty times and I kind of, you know, took it on as just another, you know, another loss, you know, like, I don't know if that's kind of a good way to put it, but oh, something no, like that's, that, that's or, you know, like, uh, it, it, it it really helped being involved in sports at a young age and growing up through that. It really helped a lot with, uh, you know, the aftermath and, you know, the recovery and moving on and, you know, just keep keeping going. And. Uh, I, I learned a lot of those lessons in, in hockey and in sports and, you know, it, it really translated a lot in my recovery. Um, you know, mental health was a big part of that. And, uh, but, you know, just just simply, you know, it's not the same in hockey and life all the time, but, you know, the metaphors are the same. And, you know, they, they correlate a lot. And, um, that was a big thing I found was just, you know, it it really it just really helped me a lot like going forward and you know even today i, I you know you keep those lessons with you forever
0: absolutely i mean uh i, I couldn't have said it better actually
1: well yeah i mean <laughs> it's like rocky um no matter it's how hard exactly. life hits you you get you get back up and you hit it yeah. twice as hard back basically yeah i mean you,
3: you really don't have another option at that point and You know that's that's something that you know hockey. You know you get beat down, you lose a game, you come back and you play. You know ten times harder the next game. You know it. It it was you know not the same as that, but you know very similar uh, mindset you could say.
0: Yeah.
3: uh, I mean it's very powerful when uh, I mean mind over matter. You know it's you know pretty much. I mean you control you control your reality at times with uh, your mindset. I mean you learn a lot of that in sports. So
2: yeah, and that goes for you you know. for any sport but hockey in, in general, you know, it just in sports it coaches you how to deal with adversity in life. Yeah. For sure. And exactly. And how to how to be coachable too and how to deal with those adversities if you're taught the right way and how to deal with your emotions and how to go through those yeah. hard times and and especially for me, you know, as a person with hockey, I feel like, you know, it made me a more competitive person, made me more a coachable person. Um, how to go yep. through adversity, especially with any job I have, those kinds of things. So I mean obviously you're going through that and um, I just wanted to speak to the fact that sports and hockey just teaches you a lot of life, life lessons and adversity. Yeah. yeah. It's
3: a mini simulation of life and, you know, shorter terms. And it, it, it's, I mean, for children and it's a great way for, you know, emotional regulation. And, um, and you know, just mindset and, you know, how do you deal with that? And how do you process that? That's a big part of mental health is just dealing with the shit. And, um, it's never easy it, it, nobody will ever say it's easy but uh, oh, you know, it, it, may, it makes you stronger and through sports it's an early, it's an easy it's an easy uh, way to get a head start of that at a younger age you know uh, that's kind of what I had you know growing up and I'm incredibly grateful for it because you know it really,
1: it really came in handy when I needed it well I mean Grayson, with you going on with your incident and everything like that, I love, I read your art, the, the article that, I think it was CBC that released it, um, <clears throat> that you picked a psychology degree at Northland, which is a Division three yeah. school, um, and I love your reason behind it just because of your incident with the bus, bus accident and everything like that. Um, I mean, how kind of, I mean, does that kind of lift you up a little bit, just be able to talk about people, talk to people about your, like, strife and your turmoils and stuff like that, and, like, I've been there, dude.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, honestly, it's actually been, you know, it's been a challenge for me, um, it's not, it's never easy talking about stuff, and, you know, sometimes... You know, I, I do have that you know survivor's guilt where you know, you know, I feel like I'm not you know worthy to you know talk about this. You know, sometimes you know going through it, it's just you're just going through it, and um, when you don't step outside of yourself and you know kind of look at the bigger picture, it, it it really doesn't seem like a lot. Sometimes in the past, I you know didn't feel like I deserved a lot of the things that came my way after, and you know that that was tough. And but, I mean, I, I still go through that now, and um but like being able to talk about it, it it's it's hard but it's 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 always good it, it always ends up being good and you know it's also you know getting getting your words out there you know you never know who can help and who's listening and that's been a big thing that I've kind of you know came to terms with is you know it's not about you all the time and you know that I mean I learned learn a lot about that you know coming down to Colorado here and you know, seeing what Marty does at the dog nation and, uh, you know, just giving back. And that's been probably the coolest thing with that. And yeah, it's, it's never easy, but, you know, I, I really do love the psychology side of, you know, that. I think it's a big part of mental health and, uh, you know, we're still learning all the time about it. And, uh, you know, I, I actually dropped out of, uh, out of the college that, uh, northland uh i played i played about three games and then um just with injuries and stuff uh and mentally i just wasn't quite in that right headspace to continue on going there but that that psychology stuff still really really intrigues me and you know it's definitely something i'm going to pursue in the future but uh i i just find it extremely fascinating you know how people can deal with certain stuff seeing stories you know coming down here and you know Dave Rapture for one and just people who've been through horrific things and you know overcoming that adversity uh you know hearing those stories really like makes you think about your own story sometimes and you know feeling grateful and it, it, it's just it's just amazing to see you know what people can can go through and you know still survive and you know, be happy and live their lives. It's amazing.
0: No, and that's an, that's a, and and just how like you were saying that you wanted to give back. That's that's a way to get back right there, man. You know, uh, yeah. you know, pursue pursue a career in psychology and you know help out these oh, other guys.
1: You know, wow. Boy, God, two hundred percent.
0: And trust me, man sure. I, I i've I've been there. I've I've been there. I'm there every day too. You know, I've I've got the same kind of uh, you know survivor's guilt. Yet, I mean, yeah. I'm I'm still here. So there must be a reason why we're still here. I mean, and the fact it, that everything the, happens
3: for a reason. Yeah, 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 that's something. It really does. Everything. Does does for
0: reasons and, so. and the fact that you're so interested in this is it's, it's a good thing man it's it's a good way to give back you know help other yeah. people that you don't know, feel the same way or you know feel differently but you can still help them and speaking of help you you touched on you know coming down to colorado you just, maybe just talk a little bit about what you know dog nation has done for you and like what kind of what it's you know you know uh, how how it's brighten your eyes or brighten yeah. your day and stuff what like that. What its
1: people or persons have done. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just like
3: the first time, uh, yeah, it, the whole story with Dog Nation is pretty amazing. And how I first got down here, you know, Marty invited me out, and you know, I really had nothing, no idea, you know, what Dog Nation was about. It was pretty shortly; uh, it was a couple months after the accident, and you know, I was still recovering, but. You know, it sounded like a really good thing, and I came down and met Marty Richardson there, and uh, I'm actually at his house right now, and, you know, he's the man. (laughs) I I mean, I've never met a more genuine guy and a guy who truly, you know, gives his entire soul to, you know, giving back to these people who have been through crazy, you know, just tragic events. And, I mean, that was, it was very humbling uh, coming down and meeting just, People who've been through crazier things and, you know. For me, I look at it as like my it isn't even nothing compared to you know. And these guys, and I know like you can't always look at it that way, but you know that's how you feel at first, and you're like, wow, like if these guys can do that, you know, like I can get through my shit no problem. You know, like if they can do that, I can do this, and I think that's I think it's very powerful, and I you know I, I. I know when people hear my story, they think the same thing sometimes. So um, just getting to come down and, you know, meet the people the one of the biggest, the coolest thing that I've been through was getting to play in the Survivor game uh, two years ago at the Dog Bowl 2019. And, you know, just the people in that room who have just been through some cancer and sicknesses and, you know, uh, amputees and, you know, veterans and just i can't imagine the things that they've been through and the stuff that they've had to go you know work work through and you know seeing them really and i i think they probably see uh, feel the same way i can't speak for them but feel the same way when they're in a, in a group with a bunch of other people you know you, you never think that your stuff's the worst when you see other stuff that people have to go through and it's very powerful and uh it, it really helped me to actually deal with a lot of the stuff i was going through you Yeah.
0: know well then there's another it, it,
3: oh. yeah sorry it just gets you out of your own head you, yeah. know, and, you know
0: and there's a, there's a total there's a, the other side to that too where you know where you're going through your stuff and you think you are the only person that's going yeah, through something sure. and it, it it gives you a uh, you know to see you know you see us other you know dog nation you know uh uh knees I guess, if you will, oh, like yeah. recipients, donors, recipients. Uh, all yeah, that. Yeah. But you get to yeah. you, see, you like, you get introduced to this network of people that have gone through terrible things, and it's it's a welcoming sense because I mean that's exactly how it was for me when you know I first met Donation as well as so, like you know I my shit's not that bad you know uh, i mean i a i'm yeah. still i'm still here and b i get a you know i'm meeting all these people that you know really are making it better like making me not feel so alone
3: yeah that's a big thing you know you, you really don't feel alone when you're you're meeting those people and you can really you know connect with them on an emotional level and you know you know that they've been through stuff and they know that you've been through stuff and um i think you know i meaning that's another thing is just like there hasn't been a single person i've met who hasn't had their own shit and yeah uh who's gone through something traumatic or you you never know like a divorce with their parent, whatever it is like people people deal with different stuff and it's you know it's sometimes things get put on a higher pedestal than others but at the end of the day it's it's shit is shit and people are going to deal with it in many different forms and it's it's very powerful to just see you know how you know how resilient people really are, and you know that's it's an amazing thing to witness and seeing it firsthand. And Dog Nation does that on a daily basis, and you know those stories are amazing. And any anything to help out with, you know, giving back. And Marty, you know, that's their that's the motto is to give back with Dog Nation. So I can get involved with that. You know, I it it, it definitely. Helps me out on an emotional level, and I'm sure it helps other people too. And, well, you know, that's the best, you
0: know. Yeah. The the day. Oh, that, well, they're the reason why, you know, I'm here. That's the reason why, you know, you get to come down to Colorado, hang out. Exactly. And, and you, uh, you got to, uh, just recently, you got to go to the abs practice and talk to, you know, Jared Bednar, and also, uh, humble E, if you will. And I heard yeah. uh, you got to meet Cal McCarr as well, which was pretty sweet
3: yeah yeah that was very cool you know marty marty's always got tricks up his sleeve for me when i come down here and i well i (laughs) think everybody
1: does
3: (laughs) yeah it it seems like that i know it's like what a city i've never been treated so good anywhere it's amazing and the people here are just amazing and any any i I can't even like count on it on two hands how many people have offered up their house you know for me to stay or anything like that and, you know you don't you don't always find that in places so
0: well, was, that's very,
3: very special
0: you know um uh, you're probably super busy but man we would love it if you actually came down to have a brew with us here before you leave i'm not sure if that'll be able to happen but we oh,
1: i fucks with that all day
0: are, long you are yeah. always welcome at casa de Beek.
1: Well, hey, I appreciate that. Well, Gary we'll might be here, right so watch out. Ooh. <laughs> he goes, ooh. I'll, I'll keep one eye over my, or I'll keep one eye open.
0: <laughs> you always do with that guy. Um, so, um,. Th- like Grayson thank you so much for taking time i know you, you you got a huge uh you got a huge plate of wings waiting for you um can i uh can i just uh i'll just ask you this uh do you want to send any shout outs or you know just um just uh say some his to the 25 and maybe 30 people that are listening right now <laughs>
3: <laughs> no i mean just thank you guys for having me on i mean it's i mean everything that you've been through too cody and uh it's it's very special to get to talk to you guys and you know i, I love the podcast uh podcast world and you know long-term uh, long-form conversation and uh you know these are these are some of the best conversations and it's that goes back to mental health and i think you know uh just by getting to talk about it like this and it, it's great it's great to you know be a part of that and i, I just can't thank you guys enough for having me on
0: oh man uh, the pleasure was all ours it's been but I wonderful. am I am going to have to have a talk with Marty the, the fact that this is the first time I've gotten to talk to you after what yeah, the third what the time hell? being down in Denver this is <laughs> this is kind of bullshit <laughs> I know but <laughs> well, besides you that you got to make to the
3: dog bowl next year
0: oh I'll be there I will uh, actually uh, On the Bench of Beaks is uh, going to be covering yeah. the dog bowl so we will most definitely Ooh, be there nice yeah
3: awesome I, I won't be there this year but you know I got a long. I got a lifetime invite to Denver, so.
1: Oh yeah, i you will know, oh, uh, see you next year. You know, you know I'll be back I'll be back once a year every year so I love, love it you. here absolutely if someone. Marty can't hook you up with tickets or anything like that and talk to coat and I oh yeah we, um, we, no yeah. I'm serious we'll come up, we'll, up, I'll,
3: I'll come up into the fun zone and have a couple there you go, go. there <laughs> you go, there <laughs> you go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. he, he got a he got a picture of the fun zone well, yesterday
0: we, we gotta get you to sign the, the on the bench with Beak's banner anyway too. so that's just it's For gonna sure. it's gonna have to fucking happen so
3: we'll, do. we'll, we'll make it we'll get
0: Well, Grayson, thank you so much for talking to us. I mean, it was—I mean—lovely conversation. Um, I I love what you're doing, and you know, just keep fucking going, bud. You're doing great. You as well. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah, Grayson, Uh, keep it up, man. It's been awesome talking to you. All right, appreciate buddy. it, guys. Thank you, oh, Grayson.
1: Yeah. Thank you for your time and well, dealing with me for a little bit, but uh, yeah, that's that's that's,
0: that's really is, the uh, yeah. the huge strike. going I have to go wow.
2: through. Wow. I, I you go 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 fingers messy has. with some chicken wings, two
0: games in a row, too. Oh, uh, man, <laughs> but oh, yeah.
1: no, if you're yeah, if you're ever down here, you just hit me up, man. You're um, always welcome, you're here. always welcome here, there, anywhere. Um. thank you you guys but um, yeah um just thank you and let's shout out to dog nation and uh, as always my
2: beer nation as always bryce what do you got there buddy um definitely big shout out to grayson shout out to our listeners shout out to you know i think if your team is still in the playoffs root for your team let's do that just go fucking hockey man it's playoff time. Yeah, yeah. All, All right.
0: Well, yeah. Uh, shout out. Thank you. Well, thank you once again, Grayson. We'll uh, talk soon. Um, thank you to Dog Nation, My Beer Nation, and thank you. Li- hopefully, more than thirty listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I kid. I kid. Uh, uh, like we're
1: listening. Easy, yeah. there, are We got to the
0: different area codes. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, so j- yeah. Check out uh, check out Dog Nation Hockey uh, org to donate or to. Um, or to volunteer, check on the bench with Beaks out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can always stream our episodes whenever you want on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Castbox, Overcast, Pod Breaker, Verbal,
1: He's Going Podcast, to speed.
0: and sometimes YouTube. So, oh, I'm mean, all alone. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. It's fucking awesome. You are You're all alone in the there. time of need. need. Oh, oh my god! Listen to us. Listen yeah. to us. All right. Anyway, so <laughs> that'll do it for us for uh, 61. Uh, so in the meantime, Uh Ah,
2: Vitasen. Salut. Ow. Thanks, Grayson. That was.
1: try the damn thing see what happens